This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porn cast that will not shame you for your puppet sex kink. I'm Yvette Dontremont, aka the Cybabe, and this is my lovely co-host, Alice. Alice, what are we talking about this week? Well, we have another movie review, Yvette, and uh, it's it's a doozy. It was. Yeah. So uh, we reviewed Night Dreams, the 1981 movie. And God, I mean, first reactions is, I mean, look, we're not discussing puppet sex, but but we're discussing puppet sex. We're doing it a little bit. I mean, it was more like Jack in a Box sex. And it's yeah, there was. Yeah. There was a nose that was used as an insertable, a a fully formed marionette-esque nose. Wait, wait, wait. You're spoiling. You're spoiling. You're spoiling. I'm giving away the plot. All right. So let's, you know, as as we discussed, let's let's give, tell us what the plot was about here. We're introduced to Mrs. Van Houten, who's acting as a guinea pig for two white co-doctors behind a glass, where she's kept in a padded cell, ranting and raving at them while masturbating manically over a series of fantasies. The doctors are observing her having these erotic hallucinations, and the substance of the actual movie are these episodes. So overall, the sex is conventional by today's standards, but the situations... (laughs) Not so much. Um, you know, there's devils, there's cowgirls, there's a jack-in-a-box, demons, and clutch your pearls, Yvette, but Arabs. There, oh, my, my, and it's, there's, there's some stuff that I, I think would be, would be considered, um, like the, the one with, with, as you phrase it, with Arabs, that was, it was a little weird. Like it got, it got a little, shall we say, culturally strange. It, it did. So it's in, in terms of how they, how they portrayed the people they were having sex with. What was the, uh, how would this be phrased? Uh, or how is, because there have been a lot of people that have said, you know, how are you going to talk about interracial sex on this podcast? I'm like, carefully, that's how. But it was, but yeah, like this was one of those times where they portrayed a, uh, a sex dream in a way that I don't know if that's how they would do it today. Probably not. And then just to kind of give people a walkthrough of uh, the rest of the film. So throughout the course of the film, the doctors, at least one of them, gets increasingly worried that they may have overstimulated the subject that they're observing. Uh, so they keep, oh, yes. Yeah. So they keep up the simulation until she goes through what we assume is an orgasm in heaven. And we have a bit of a twist at the end. Yeah. There's. A, it seems like they're on, on mattress world or something. Something and that's where there's uh, the last little bit of oh, oh fucking happening. But yeah, at the very end, there is uh, when they're when they're leaving the hospital, our patient leaves with the two doctors who are observing her in this kind of the shining slash M Night Shyamalan like you know you were you've always been here moment. I'm like who's observing who. Who's observing? It's very strange. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they were going for that or not, but I, I dug it. Uh, I was, I also want to know if they were going home for a threesome, if that was like, if this was all part of a, you know, some sick, twisted sexual fantasy of all of theirs. I, you know, I'm, I'm here for it, but but we have to get back to the jack-in-the-box sex, because that's the thing we have to unpack. Yeah, let's go back to the very beginning. Let's rewind. Let's go scene by scene. So actually, before we even hit the jack-in-the-box, so when they opened this, it, it was really interesting because I thought we were opening up to an open slam poetry night, something like that. Yeah, she was giving this, like, it's, you know, I, I hear my notes from, from the beginning of this. You know, I, I tend to just kind of write this stream of thought while I'm watching these things. And here's my, my first few notes. Close up of woman's face. I know you're watching me. I can feel your eyes. My pussy feels so open. And that's literally the first <laughs> thing I wrote. And I'm sorry, but I don't think that normally a thing that you tell someone as a thing to seduce them is my pussy feels so open. Like that's, you know, normally it's my pussy feels tight. My pussy feels wet. Like open Some people is are not- into that. 
Oh, you know, it's we're not here to kink shame. We're not here to 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 pussy shame either. It's just you know, opens not the adjective I would have gone with. A note to the writer of this porno. Well, um, I think we can dive right into the sex because <laughs> they kind of they kind of lay it on us. There's no other way to go about it. So the first scene we're introduced to Mrs. Van Houten in one of her fantasies. At least we, I, I assume these are all fantasies that she's had, but she she's yep. with a jack in a box. The jack in a box <laughs> is life size. I, I can't I can't hear it without laughing at it. She's with a jack in the box. <laughs> like like this is just this is a thing people do. Well, the jack definitely, you know, was in her box. Yeah. Oh. So we see this life size Jack in a box crawl out and he begins by, and you, you already alluded to this before. He, instead of using a finger to finger her, he uses his nose, which is very witch-like. It's, it is a, uh, like, and it's to let people know, like, it's not like it's, to try to give a better visual, it's a man in like red uh skin tight pajama material yeah onesie. Uh, like a onesie yeah so onesie and he's got a face mask on it's got a pointed nose and it's kind of it, creepy and they start off by 69ing so on one end there is a you know there is this mask that is fucking her with the nose and on the other end she's sucking a dick and it's very strange to watch oh and then in in between you seeing the sucking and the nose insertion going on uh, which is still really weird to say you see flashes of a creepy clown face because that's normal oh can can we talk about the soundtrack for this movie because there was uh because the entire time like in the background you keep hearing ha ha uh, like well, oh, during yeah. this scene, like there was now, even, even if clown sex is your thing and we're not here to kink shame, I'm not, I'm judging a little, I'm not here to judge. I'm judging a little, I'm not here to judge, <laughs> but I'm, you know, if, if clown sex is your thing, if puppet sex is your thing, you know, we need to do something for the out of work puppeteers. God bless you. But I'm just saying, I don't think that I don't you know if could this is more get off to this puppet like, as more. Or it was like clown school rejects. Yeah, like I don't think you could just with the with the creepy ha 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 voice in the background. I'm like, oh, this is this is something out of out of like I don't know. This is something out of like a kink horror movie, or maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a kink horror movie. Yeah, we'll 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 discuss production quality later. But um, (laughs) I just I want to know what the direction was. So now you're gonna fuck her with your nose. Like, I kind of want to know. Wait, with, with my nose or with my mask nose? With your mask nose. So I take the mask off and I know you keep the mask on. And oh, that had to be an interesting day on set. Like, and I'm just I'm just saying whoever says the porn actors are not actors, they had to somehow not laugh while fucking each other with a a clown mask nose. I'm just saying that's a thespian. And don't you deny it. So after, um, you know, our, our jack in the box finishes jacking, being, you know, uh, jacking off, we then go to Mrs. Van Houten having her next fantasy, which is actually fairly hot. And this is all of like three minutes in, just to let you know, this is how quick, like they're, they're three to five minutes. They're fast. There are a lot of these. Yeah. We're going to be going through quite a few different scenes. We're sorry if the descriptions are really weird, but this movie is kind of really weird. We're telling you, get some friends with a weird sense of humor. Get some popcorn. Get some scotch. Um, yeah, it's, it's scotch. Uh, it's maybe maybe some hallucinogens. It'll make the movie make more sense. Just have a viewing of this like you would The Room. That's. I think that's a thing you should do with this movie. Yeah. I, I think if Tommy Wiseau were directing a porn, this might be it. Yes. This wait, do we do we know for sure he wasn't involved? We can't rule it out. We cannot. Not really. Anyways, on to the next scene. So the cowboy twins. The cowboy. Oh my god. Now this is more evidence, I think, that they were aiming for a thing kind of like the shining. Because we start off with the cowboy twins giving this this long talk in unison. Yes. And then the cowboy twins 
proceed to lick her in a very hot girl on girl scene. And at one point they say, this is my favorite quote in the movie, such delicious cheeks. Oh my God. It's, I'm like, this is, this is, this is either a sex scene or it's a scene from Hannibal Lecter and I'm down for either. It's okay with me. But it was, it was, I mean, really, really hot lesbian sex scene. I'm just, I have, I have one point of contention with it. We just interviewed recently uh, Sin Sage and she was talking uh, with us about good oral sex. And I'm looking at this going, they could take a lesson because <laughs> there was some, cre- there was some like weird, like oral sex that you would just see in a porn in this. Okay. I, I have, I still haven't learned a difference. Clearly I haven't watched enough girl on girl stuff to decipher what's good from not so great. So that's just a homework assignment for myself. But what I really liked, loved about this scene was actually the music. So they actually had the Wall of Voodoo was a band. They were playing Ring of Fire. And fun fact, so they actually used the entirety of the song without the band's permission. And it's, <gasps> yeah, and it's the only porn movie to officially feature a top 100 hit. Oh my god! And it's funny because I'm listening to that, going, "Is this Ring of Fire? Is this? Are they playing Johnny Cash?" And I, you know, it wasn't jo- the Johnny Cash version, but I'm like, "Son of a bitch! They're playing Johnny Cash for for the background noise or for the background music for lesbians." Like, they, god damn it! Yeah, well done. While they're doing some asshole licking, so you know, there's multiple rings of fire in this film. It's there was I was going to say there was a lot of asshole licking. I feel like the earlier and it was a lot of bush. There's there's been a lot of bush and a lot of asshole looking. I have been surprised at the amount of casual asshole looking that there is in the earlier porn. Like I feel like they make like big deal if they're it's oh yeah they're eating ass if they're it's in a new movie. The older ones it's just oh yeah we're touching all the things and it's just expected in the movie. Well, I feel like our standards are so high right now. If you're not choking a woman like on a first date while you know she's throwing a football and being and you're punching him in the face. <laughs> I mean I don't know. I just, maybe I'm just old fashioned. I want it intense. I want you to chew my dick. Just just circumcise me with your teeth. (laughs) I actually knew a girl who uh, went on a date with a comedian and said afterwards, he wanted me to chew his dick. Oh God. Can you imagine? Like get that? It's, and I mean, we're not here to dick to to dick chewing shame. That's not a, that it's. But I'm cringing. I'm sorry. My vagina kind of clenched up for a second. Like, I'm just, I mean, look, if that's your, if that's your fetish, go for it. I'm just, if it's your fetish, go for it. Because there are a lot of people who are into, you know, like, never mind just into pain because having various uh, sadomasochistic tendencies are very, very common. But pain on the genitalia makes me that I'm, I'm confused by that personally. If you want to write in uh, where, you know, everything's kept anonymous, we are not going to. We, I promise you, will only call your mother, your girlfriend, and your employer. Don't worry. Well, that's only if you send us a dick pic. If you don't send us dick pics, we keep everything anonymous. But Absolutely. no, it's like if if someone can unpack that for me, because it's just it's a thing I don't understand, and I I get it. That's a thing that a lot of people are into is pain right on a pain right on the pleasure center. So I'm not here to judge. I'm here to to discuss and understand. So back to back to the oral sex we're having in this scene. So because we're quickly following behind on this. Uh, so where are we on on Ring of Fire? Oh wait, there is um, uh, there in in this scene there is at some point a largest dildo. Oh yeah, there's a pretty large dildo. There is a largest dildo now because they're having not a my ca- favorite dildo of the movie, but a fairly large no, dildo. It was it was a, it was a pretty impressive one. Now, one thing that kind of bothered me because they're having this outside because it's a cowboy scene and they I'm impressed. They had a little bit of special effects and they had sand blowing around. They had sand blowing around and they had dildo using. And I'm just saying that's not a thing. That's some gynecological mischief. That is either a bacterial vaginosis or a yeast infection or something just itching waiting to happen so if you are ever if you ever encounter lesbian cowgirls that are just dying to take your clothes off i'm not saying don't do it i'm saying you're gonna have to use some cream afterwards all right just you know safe sex mornings we're we're all about the safety here while you're having some crazy fun but let's see back so speaking of sand (laughs) yes i think this actually transitions very well to the next scene that we have which is our friends from the middle east the next scene, we have Mrs. Van Houten, 
she is in what looks like a caravan and there are some men there who are smoking hookah. And we begin by seeing the men smoke hookah out of um, a traditional hookah pipe. And then the next scene is you see Mrs. Van Houten sticking a hookah pipe in herself. Yeah, I was I was kind of confused by the hookah pipe in there. I'm like, that is abuse of a hookah pipe. Uh, first of all, that is just not, not where sanitary. That, goes. that is, it's. I mean, later, like, I mean, not not that I have a problem with somebody using, uh, you know, putting their mouth on something that's bit into pussy earlier, but I'm just saying that there are other things you could shove in there. Well, maybe they had nothing else available. Necessity is the mother of all dildos. I think I think that's how the quote goes. I was just kind of glad and I was a little concerned for a second. I thought there was going to be a snake in this scene. Like as much as tentacles are a thing, I've accepted the tentacle porn. I've accept, I've come to embrace it. Uh, I don't think I'd be OK with live snakes. That is really glad they did not go there. is that is that is where I draw the line. Now, here is something that was interesting. All the men in the scene fully clothed you barely see a penis and she is she's naked except for a bracelet or sorry an anklet i did not notice i i noticed that the men are very yeah totally clothed i'm like bold artistic move is this due to cultural sensitivity maybe maybe they were being culturally sensitive and i was wrong kind of expected i don't know maybe her and the cop of course my my next thought was they're eating ass is that kosher slash halal I'm not sure. I've never I've never investigated that. So right in is eating ass halal or is it haram? We need to know. I, I just I love that they were they were passing the hookah back back and forth and then just going back to giving it doggy style. This was, yeah. you know, this she is, had she was taking on two guys at once. I mean, again, pretty vanilla. You know, this is really a typical Tuesday night at my place. So not nothing too crazy. I just I'm for the audience at home, Alice and I were we, we have a video going so we can see each other while we're talking. I just I do this all trying to make Alice blush. So it's it is the goal of my of my day while I'm doing this. I know at some point she's there will be something that's just a little past what she's heard before. I'm gonna I'm gonna stumble across something really filthy and I, I don't know when it'll be. So it's like, all right, where's where's my line? Where's it gonna be? So what's really interesting for our audience to note is I came into this podcast being exceptionally vanilla. A year from now, I'm very <laughs> curious what's going to phase me. I'm guessing it'll be different. Oh, I'm, there will yeah. be a difference. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be a little bit. It's I, I was about to say ass eating is going to be the last thing on the planet that will phase you. You'll be like, what do you mean? There's no ass eating in this movie. That is this is a rip that off. is standard. You call yourself a porno. How dare you? How dare Anyways, you? Not even my mother would watch this. <laughs> it's I, I was my about mother to say, did like, not flee communist Poland. <laughs> And her mother did flee communist Poland for, for some good old fashioned American ass eating. So, OK, it's so maybe on to the next scene, because that, we get we really weird in the next scene. And it's probably for me, at least one of the weirdest scenes. And that's saying a lot about this movie. Yeah, there is. The next scene involves a. It's kind of a mannequin with the heart on, and then there's a baby in his pants. I don't. Uh, so we should that... probably describe what happens. So yes, um, yeah. So she um, she is next to this what looks like a man initially. She opens the shirt and she knocks on his chest after attempting to caress it, and it's hollow. And then she moves towards the crotch area as you would with a mannequin. I guess that's what I do when I'm trying to fuck a mannequin. I mean, I don't know about you. Normally, they come standard without any parts, but, you know, this must be on special order. So as it was an early sex robot, clearly. So as she's rubbing the crotch area of this mannequin, it begins grunting as, again, standard as mannequins do standard mannequin protocol. Yeah. And it's making an indistinguishable sound as she continues to caress. And then what you think is the head of a penis popping out is actually a fetus. Yeah, I, at this point, I was like, all right, so I guess uh, she really is in a mental institute. Like, she's starting to hallucinate. You know, the fetus was, like, making noises like it was uh, possessed. My One of the notes that I wrote down for this was, please let no sex result from this scene. <laughs> and thankfully, so. it didn't. Now, eventually, this kind of transitions into another scene where it it's... I'm you know, still not over the baby, by the way. That was just 
Can we ever be over to baby? I feel like that's one of those things that like a director had a dream when they were 12 and it traumatized them. And they're like, I always wanted to put this onto film and no one talks them out of it. And they had the budget and he was like, we're doing it. And there were fights over like there was a second AD that walked out one day over this. You know, that shit happened. Anyway, so they they transitioned. I feel like they eased us in with the jack in the box nose. You know, once you accept fucking with the jack in the box nose you're down for the baby in the mannequin pants you are in you are you're well you are in the pants you are in for it but yeah so anyways we're after that i i apologize because i um i given that we're a podcast about porn you would think that content warnings wouldn't be a thing that we'd uh do but the next scene is a little um it's i don't want to call it a a little rapey it's a little ravishment because it seems like she was on board for it because like partway through the scene she's masturbating like and there's kind of like this phil collins on acid playing the drums in the background and while she's you know eventually somehow she finds a dildo and she is she is having some fun with her and all of a sudden this man in like a phantom of the opera mask like kind of not attacks her but is all of a sudden has, you know pushes her and is is it's kind of a ravishment fantasy because she looks like she is down with it but we should probably explain where she is so she's also in a bathroom and when he comes and ravishes slash I'm I'm gonna say maybe rapes her it's, because the, it, this is a really weird scenario. Yeah, it's, it's over a toilet. Yeah, um, the toilet is closed. Yeah, it's it looks like it's all in a clean room that she was in to start with having relations with herself. This is something that Dan Savage has unpacked quite a bit on uh, Savage Lovecast, that a lot of rape fantasies are actually uh, ravishments fantasies where you want uh, to be uh, overtaken by somebody who you wanted to have sex with to start with. So this looks at least to my eye like somebody who uh, she she looked... God, I hate, I never want to describe something that somebody would look at and call rape and, and go, uh, she looked like she wanted it. But given that this is a porno that she signed on to do. And these are her fantasies, just to clarify. Yeah. It's, in, the, in, in this institution. Yeah. I, I think it's a safe bet to say that. But if you are somebody who uh, that could be, if you're somebody triggering. who that could be triggering for, might want to avoid this scene or this porn. Yeah. But then I think we should just go ahead and jump into the next scene because it was interesting and fun and yeah, interesting. Going back to interesting. Yeah. So it's c- carry on. It's definitely our most non-politically correct scene. I it's uh, let's let's just let's unpack this. Um I I don't have anything that I can uh say that will help artistically. She fucked a I can help. It was very strange and weird. We see Mrs. Van Houten in the kitchen preparing a box of cream of wheat and she says, "Mmm, I love cream of wheat. It's so hot and creamy. It feels so good when it goes down my throat." By the way, I'm very curious how many people just pause the podcast right now and just were replaying those last 10 seconds of me saying that. But then we see an attractive black guy. And if you are, good for you. Good for you. Not going to stop you. Not going to judge either. So then we see an attractive black guy in a large cardboard cream of wheat box who agrees and says, it really fills the girl up. Nutritious and delicious. And then we're treated to an oral sex scene where Mrs. Van Houten fillets the black guy in the box while we hear Ink Spot's Old Man River in the background. And she's keeping her head in time with the song's beat. I'm listening to Old Man River playing and I'm like, this seems a little, it's something, you know, we just talked with uh, with Sin Sage about the fact that they generally pay women more to do interracial scenes. And it's like there's something about this whole scene that just it was off to me on a on a few different levels. Oh, but my favorite part is um, this is all undercut with images of a man who's dancing and playing the saxophone, who's actually played by one of the co-writers himself, dressed as a slice of Wonder Bread and playing the saxophone. Oh, yeah. And they keep going back to images of Wonder Bread. And I'm like, what? I don't know if that was supposed to be subtext, (laughs) but it's... Well, it was that the Wonder Bread was coming live to play saxophone while she's filleting the cream of wheat. Just The whole thing was very... There were many things that I found to be uh, it's whatever they were aiming for. They either hit it really hard or they missed really hard. And I'm not sure which. 
I mean, here's a few things we can know from the scene. So the first is that she doesn't have a gluten allergy. <laughs> or or it's undiagnosed as of yet. I mean, my only hope is that she didn't get a yeast infection. This is true. Uh, I I just I, I looked at the whole thing and I'm like, I, I thought it was you know, just given what Sin had told us about uh, how uh, interracial scenes are structured uh, and how, you know, they do pay uh, they do pay more. It just seemed something about it seemed very uh, strange and overt in terms of how uh, how the uh, racism was put out in it. I don't know. It seemed weird to me. It, it was definitely a weird scene, although I have to admit, I kind of enjoyed the uh, cream of wheat slash toast dance sequence at the very end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah. I, I, I won't. I won't say that I, I didn't find uh, entertainment value in it. It's kind of like the scene with the Arab men. I don't think that the same scene would be made today or it wouldn't be executed the same way. I think that's it's kind of like um, I love that I'm comparing this to Looney Tunes. When you watch a Looney Tunes cartoon now, there is a, a thing at the beginning of it saying these cartoons were uh, reflect the values of their time and were made uh, to reflect that. We stand by the artistic value. But, you know, things have changed and it's, you know, it, it's, we can talk about these movies, you know, even if they're porns and talk about the fact that they, uh, you know, somebody put some work into it and wrote a script for it, pornography or, or non-pornography, and talk about the fact that they had some things that we have to unpack that are occasionally not in line with our values now. I have to admit, though, that, you know, they could have done this scene worse. They, they could have done blackface. Hmm. They could have uh, Disney... Uh, Disney dumboed it and had an actual crow named Jim. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh yeah, they, I went they, there. Yeah, they could have. So that was props to the director for not going all the way racist. <laughs> let's let's it's, let's do but that. It was, the fact that they that she was bobbing her head up and down in time with Old Man River. That's uh, impressive. You know, it's that was I that was impressive on her ability to keep time. That takes some skill and dedication to her art. So my question is, is the blowjob just as good if she's keeping in time with music? Yeah. And I mean, that that is uh, I mean, I hmm. focus. So then again, I've never yeah. played music and tempted say, let me just metronome this shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to know, like, would you want the blowjob on a certain uh, rhythm and wouldn't Normally, you, you think a blowjob, at least uh, from what for, from what I've seen, because of course I'm a virgin, um, and I just I'm learning about this through pornography. Like normally, they speed up at some point; the tempo increases. Uh, so I would think keeping speed with Old Man River, which is stereotypically a sweet and slow song, that could deprive a man of a good blowjob. I mean, then again, this was a dance version of Old Man River, so oh, this is true. Yeah. This is true. So they were. He was who was well tended to. We're getting close. We have a few scenes we have left. Three more scenes left, actually. Three. It's somehow, somehow, like they they crammed, they crammed a lot they into what they were cramming a lot into. So next we have the fish scene where there's a cigarette smoking fish head that pops up in bed next to Mrs. Van Houten. Again, they didn't have sex, but I mean, I, yeah. I fairly implied, I assume. Yeah, I was so confused by this. It was just a fish head popped up. It was like, hey, it was, there. was it good for you? And, uh, you know, I mean, that wasn't a that it was fish head in bed smoking a cigarette. Next scene. <laughs> All right. So next it's, scene, we're we, in hell. It's Yeah. And then and then we're on to hell. And the hell scene, there was there was some some borderline standard fuckery in, in this scene. Some, you know, like I have to say the ream her ass, ream her ass like you'd ream mine by the woman who was tied up. That was that was pretty. Actually, I figured out who that woman is. Oh, who was it? So she was uncredited. When I tried figuring out, okay, who is she? She looked so familiar. But that actually, that's Michelle Bauer. She was a 1981 penthouse model who was in a ton of adult films. And she was one of the biggest horror scream queens of the 80s and 90s. Oh, nice. I was yeah. just saying, she, it's, and it, it goes without saying, everyone who we're seeing in these movies looks fantastic. They're at probably at a point in their life where they've never been more comfortable with their bodies. They're going to the gym every day. They're counting every last gram of, well, it was the 80s, so every last gram of fat, not carb. Or but Coke. Like, yeah, <laughs> or or Coke, exactly. But it's like, she was she was the woman who was tied up, and God damn it, she had really nice tits. It's every so often you see a set that you're like, oh, girl. Good for like, and I, if men don't know this, women, even if even straight girls, 
we look. Boobs are kind of boobs are nice. And it's not it's not looking to objectify, but we look because boobs are kind of nice to look at. It's art. It's it's art. And as as uh, as I have heard it phrased before, it's an art. It's an art and it's a talent. So let's talk a little bit more about the sex. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I got distracted by one uh, actor's boobs in it. It's it's a thing that can happen. So this is uh, this is a decent scene. There is a background noise with a continual loop of drum beats and this wail of like pleasure pain. Now, I think the scene has my favorite dildo because it's like a dildo with like a fingertip on the end. I couldn't tell if that was a fingertip or a spike. I I, think I assumed I wanna, spike because we're in hell. I want to think it was supposed to look like a spike, but I hope fingertip because come on, even the devil wouldn't fuck you while he's fucking you. I mean, like, let's I don't want to think they're going to damage your goddamn cervix. They want to use that pussy again. It's hell. You only get so many good vaginas, right? <laughs> You're like, all the sluts are going down there. Yeah. All of us. It's we're in good company. No, there was this. And who knows what the laws of physics or vaginal re- and internal organ rejuvenation are like in hell it's, they, or they, they metaphysical might, worlds in general? They could change. I mean, we have all the scientists down there because science isn't a thing that happens according to God, right? I, for all of our many religious listeners, uh, you you can feel free to correct me. So here's uh, it at some point eventually after, you know, the devil sends his I was supposed to say angels, but that's not accurate. A couple of his demons are doing the fuckery for him and reaming her ass. And the best acting, I must say, in this whole thing is a scene when the dildo is inserted, the one with the like fingertip point and she the double dildo. Or, or, no, before the double dildo and the double. Oh, it's pre pre double dildo. And just, you know, the one with the point and it's i at first i thought i was going to ass i was wrong uh it was just that the points gave her such and she gets this look of <gasps> shock on her face i'm like girl that expression give her give her the academy award that was i genuinely believed you were surprised that a dildo went into you right there i i was with you on it i loved it uh but yeah like that was that was fun and then they had they showed a, a tool that i I have not bought this one. I'm a little, I'm intimidated by this. It's not quite a double dildo, but the second end of it is like carved out a little bit. So it's easier for insertion into the ass. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a dildo, a normal, a standard size dildo for the vagina. And then like, then like a stick your pinky into it size dildo for the butt. And then it kind of slowly gets bigger at the end. It's, it's not quite a butt plug shape, but it does get larger at the bottom of it for the other side of it. I love that I'm trying to get this technical on descriptions of a double-ended dildo. Or not double-ended dildo, sorry, of a two-pronged dildo. Two-pronged, there we go. Yeah, sorry, that's yeah. the correct description. A two-pronged yes. dildo. Two-pronged dildo. It's. I mean, one does have two holes, so... Down there, at least. It's. I mean, technically three, but that's that third one. Whew, that's not a. That's not a thing that gets involved in that. Uh-uh. So uh, then we eventually. Is there anything else you want to discuss in this scene? I was about to say the uh, the the sex with the devil itself. Like it was, it was okay. I was expecting a little bit more like hard and fast fuckery, but this is something I've noticed. The older porns, uh, the classic ones, they seem to have a little bit more slow and sweet, like hip action from the men. Like you don't get the hard and fast reaming from the men that you do in newer porn. So it's the uh, the sex with the devil. I'll give it I'll give it about a six out of ten, maybe six point five. It'll get the job done. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned in the beginning, all the sex was fairly vanilla by today's standards. It was it was just that it was so ludicrous. <laughs> That's what made this. Like we said, it was it was the room of Portos, which is why which is kind of why I love it. Uh, so we have one. We're on to our last our last scene. And then we get to talk about the doctors. But yeah, then we uh, were transported to heaven. It's, um, oh, yes. Where we have a, a American psycho Christian Bale-esque lookalike. Oh, yeah. He's. The muscles on his hips alone um, were it's he that man did not skip leg day. I'm just saying there was some delightful deep hip action on the sex in there. But again, still fairly vanilla. But it's like I like to call this land mattress land. It was just it was covered in like what looks like a Serta pillow top like mattress cover. But it was pretty vanilla sex again. And then 
on to the doctors. We probably should talk about the, yeah, the ending. And then I want to talk yeah. about some of the quotes that the doctors have. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's one uh, one last thing uh, that I noticed in the in when they were in heaven. Uh, have you noticed that in, at least in this porn, I, and I mean, ha- it doesn't happen in all of them, but in a lot of porns, at least that we've seen so far, when people kiss... They kind of kiss like two aliens who were who had kissing described to them and have to replicate it. Like tongues get mashed together and they put their lips together. Okay, we can do that. And like that's the there's this strange attempt to make kissing happen and it never maybe it's because the kissing is completely superfluous in porn maybe the, the plot's kind of superfluous too but they at least give it an attempt to make it entertaining <laughs> so anyways on to the doctors so we have our m night Shyamalan-esque twist at the very end now you have to bear in mind actually maybe i should describe some of the quotes before we get into the twist yeah so this entire time you know we do get cuts back to the doctors observing mrs Van Houten. And we have some fun quotes. Like, for example, you'll have the male doctor say something to the extent of, well, husband says she's never gotten an orgasm. And the woman says, well, charts show otherwise. Or we should stop. Sometimes I think you project your needs onto hers. And and then there was that weird dinner scene where, you know, while yeah. she, yeah, while Miss Van Houten is going at it with herself. Yeah, like I wondered if that dinner scene was kind of, was foreshadowing for what was to come later. Maybe. Although I was very, very disturbed by the way the woman said said basil she said it definitely needs basil oh uh that made my skin crawl that's i mean that's a little french like i have uh, and as as a french person i have a knock basil which is a little a little different in how it's pronounced and that could be I'm not sure which one is the proper pronunciation, but at least our colloquialism in the little in the small town that I'm from in Nova Scotia is Basil. Okay, so so she just might be potentially French. All right, she might be one of my annoying pretentious people. Okay, so I get to judge her. Okay, so I'm not judging this movie on the sex or the scenes. I'm I'm judging her on her pronunciation of basil. You can you can judge her a little for that. It's a, I'm used to my people being judged for our well-earned pretension. The last quote I have here from the doctors where uh, you see uh, the woman say, this woman is on the brink of orgasm. And the male says, you call it an orgasm. I call it a breakdown. Oh, my God. It was brilliant. It's brilliant. Somebody, you know that there had to have been something cut from the script where like they were arguing dramatically and passionately about what an orgasm meant for this woman's mental state. And like they had to cut it for time and it would have explained all of this. And sadly, like this is this director's biggest regret is that what would have explained why they had this fight was left on the cutting room floor. So tragic. Mm. I want to know what gets left on the cutting room floor in some of these porns. I'm wondering what was too, too much even for this porn where they said, you know what? No, we, we can't go with that. We already had the fetus coming out of the penis area. We have to cut that scene. What was it? They had to. Maybe there was an actual butt baby. You know what? We'll never know. Butt baby is possibly on the cutting room floor. I mean, like they had someone having sex with a jack in the box, like after he had come out, maybe somebody could have been having sex with the jack in the box while it was like bouncing. It was jack. I don't know. I got nothing. Maybe she was opening up a bottle of wine with corkscrew in her vagina or a corkscrew was someone's penis. I don't know. Um, I, I have questions. Maybe maybe her vagina was the corkscrew. Is it like a duck's vagina? <gasps> That's got to be a porn at some point that like a woman was born with a duck's vagina. And she's looking for I hope her. it's not. Rule 34. And I don't mean that she has to find like a duck, to, but she needs to find a man who has like the right, who has just the right set of mangled parts for her. I feel like this is also like Goldilocks. Too big, too small, just right. This probably has to be a tentacle porn thing too. Probably. These are all the adventures we're going to go on. Now I have to hunt for, I don't want to hunt for duck porn, but God damn it. It's there. There are things I don't want. I never asked you to. It's, <laughs> I just need to clarify for the for our audience. I'm on the record when I say I never asked for Yvette to hunt for duck porn. If she finds no, duck porn, she's on her I own. It's I'm. 
No, it's we're not ducktailing oh, this shit. There has to be ducktails, but that's what I meant. That's not what I meant initially, but no, but like that's what I'm I'm hoping. There has to be like there has to be I can't. Oh, I no. can't with you. Oh wait, there is a uh a quote realistic ducktails parody that was made that jokes about the strange shape of a duck's vagina. So we should probably talk about the twist in this film. <laughs> Speaking of twist, yes. Speaking of twists. Great segue. So the twist. So maybe you'd want to explain the, the twist, the M. Night Shyamalan-esque twist. So at the, our M. Night Shyamalan or the shot, I want, I want to go with The Shining, but it, it's a little, we were here all along. Somehow after her being, quote, the patient all day, she's been under observation. We've been watching her. We've been watching the hallucinations or what we assume are hallucinations of her fantasies. All of a sudden she exits and she comes out with the two uh, with the two scientists in the lab coats, and they're all leaving together, presumably. To, and they're discussing coming back tomorrow. What? She's she's not under law. We're so confused. Was this all some part of a sick, perverted fantasy they all had together? Is is this something that you know? Are they part of a throuple that they're they're having a very elaborate playtime? I must say, I'm I'm impressed by their dedication, but. There were so many things going on with that ending. What do you think? You know, I wasn't sure what to think. <sighs> yeah, you know, I'm going to just leave it at that. At, at the end, I don't even know <laughs> if that was the most shocking part for me because I had so much to digest by the time I got to that twist. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think by the time we got to there, we were like, just let there not be another animal. We've already had a fish in the bed and we've had, and we've had a cream of wheat box and we've had, it's been enough let there not be any other weird things that she's had be traumatizing in her childhood to come out in this porno. Now that said, this, it, although it, it was a really surreal film, it, it was very beautiful looking. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was a really well-made porno film and it was overall fun and interesting to watch. The production quality alone, um, so actually only about seven people more or less worked on the crew of Night Dreams. Wow. Um, and despite the budget limitations, you know, it's a beautifully shot film and I could see why it does so well with cult crowds and midnight showings because it's meant to be shown on a large screen and the details you could even tell are um, have a German expressionist influence lighting scheme even. I was about to say this is that they do midnight showings Showings for this? They do. I wish I'd known that. <laughs> but no, it's, I mean, it does kind of, you can see that this had uh, like a lot of care put into it. Like there were, there, there were some very interesting uh, cinematography decisions that went uh, into this. They didn't just say, let's get the angles, let's, let's get the best angle on the penis going into the vagina and call it a day. Like there was a lot of, uh, of care put into making a film for this one. Yeah, it felt like a pornographic stage play at times. And all the segments actually do have a very perfect dreamlike feel. And all the visuals outside the sex are very creative. And, you know, I got to give it to them. They're always interesting. Yeah. You know, not only as far as production quality, I want to talk about the music for a quick second. Since I did do some Googling, because the Google machine helps me out a lot. The Google machine. The Google machine. We do like the Google machine. You know, we did mention that they had two notable songs. We had Ring of Fire by The Wall of Voodoo and Old Man River. But the musician actually... I can't believe they did that. I know. I, trust me, I still can't believe it. So their musician was actually Mitchell Froom, who was friends with the co-writers. And he was brought on as the film's music director. And he came up with great musical pieces for the sound design. And Froom would actually go on to produce albums for, get this, Paul McCartney, Elvis Costello, Los Lobos, and many more. He's actually established himself with someone with a keen ear for inventive musical experimentation. I could see why. <laughs> it's. I'm just saying... This is also the guy who gave us uh, loops of creepy clown laughter in the background. So a couple of good songs for it also gave us eh, 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 like over and creepy. over again. So, you know, not all winners at this stage of the career, but, you know, Ring of Fire, well done, well done. 
And this film actually was voted into the XRCO Hall of Fame in 1992. It's it's actually been ranked multiple times as like in 86. It was um, 13th place on the list of 40 best adult films by a consensus of industry experts. In 2001, AVN placed it at 62nd place for greatest adult films of all time. And in 2007, AVN actually called it one of the 50 most influential adult releases of all time for the alt porn genre. Um, nice. Yeah. I was about to say, we're going through all the classics. We really uh, are. There has there has to be a, like, I wonder which one's like the Casablanca of porn or the Citizen Kane of porn. Then again, that might, we might have already covered that. They do probably have Casablanca and Citizen Kane of porn, and we will watch them. That There might be both a Citizen Kane of porn in terms of importance and the parody Citizen Kane of, of porn. So we'll find all of them. And it's I think it's fun that we're starting at, you know, we're doing some classics and we're talking to modern day porn stars so we can get perspective on what's happening currently in the industry while we're going through these. So let's actually discuss the budget for this film. I found some fun facts about this part. So first, I do want to bring up that this was shot during a time where it was actually a felony to pay people to have sex on camera at the time. So the co-writers actually ended up using pseudonyms because they didn't want to get arrested. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's really like, I, I wish they would just say, we're paying you for the acting. The sex is free. Well, what's interesting is it's not illegal for video stores, which were popular and popping up at the time, to sell adult films depicting sex acts, even though the conduct depicted on those tapes might be deemed illegal. Wow. So if, yeah, undertaken by people outside the state of California. May the good Lord bless and keep California. Gotta keep California. One of my favorite bits of trivia info is that they got their funding for the film if they agreed to a very unique payment scheme. Did you read anything about this? I wait for these nuggets of gold from you when we get to the last bit of the podcast. So the investors wanted to pay him $60,000. They would only agree to the budget if they, they agreed to the payment scheme, which was all in coins, quarters, actually. What? They had obtained all of them from paying customers who visited their peep shows across the city. Oh, my God. That is fantastic. That's amazing and horrible. And Jesus Christ, like the work people have gone through to bring you people your pornography. I want I want you all to be grateful for the thriving, like, very inexpensive, accessible pornography market that you have today. <laughs> And for Coinstar, apparently, because it was a hassle for them to convert money into bills. So he agreed to this monetary craziness. And apparently it was said that anytime someone had to be paid, they would send their production assistant off to the store to buy a huge quantity of socks. And then people were handed socks full of change. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. And I mean, hey, free weapons too. A sock full of nickels will beat the crap out of someone. Who needs mace? You're getting yourself some free security along with your paycheck. And then the last fun fact I really found was uh, that the main character name, uh, Mrs. Van Houten, is actually a surname of Leslie Van Houten, who is one of Charles Manson's followers who was sentenced to a lifetime in that's, prison for murder. I have no a, idea how that relates how? to this film well, at all. I, it's maybe maybe it's because they had her in, a, in an asylum. And so that was a maybe? thing that they very loosely connected. I, I, I'm reaching. I got nothing. That's just... Maybe it's a scene that was cut out. I don't know. This is what we're wondering. What's on the cutting room floor? What is in the creative mind of these porn writers? We will never know. Actually, my friend David uh, is has been a writer of pornography, and we should get him on to talk about this stuff. I have questions. Specifically, how do I get involved? <laughs> I, I was about to say, this has to be... I was about to say, I, I keep on thinking this has to be a thing that shouldn't be too hard to break into. But I don't, I have no idea how hard it is to break into the writing of the porn. So 
who knows? It's a very, it's a very different market now than it was, you know, years ago when you had to go through a studio to get funding. So I keep thinking that I would be better at writing the stuff because I, you know, because I think I'm a decent writer. And then I watch it and I'm like, well, I am completely incapable of taking things seriously. And I would end up turning a thing about dick jokes into a bunch of dick jokes. Like the porn would just end up being very silly and I wouldn't be able to uh, to keep it on schedule, which is... Is that such a bad thing, though? <laughs> it's. I'm pretty sure at some point men would be like, for fuck's sake, can you stop making jokes? Sex has to happen How now. many dick puns can you possibly give us? Always one more. Always one more. Don't worry. I think this is why I don't write it. I just, hey, for some of us, some people do. Some of us critique. Look, this is why I watch a plot. Some people read Playboy for the articles. I watch porn for the plot lines. Okay, and for the sex. Mostly for the sex. That said, so I I don't even know where to rate this porn on. You know, would I watch it again? Probably not. It was an experience. I I would not watch it for my own pleasure again. I would watch it. If I could talk my friends into a night of watching this, uh, the room style, I would watch it like that. This would not be my first selection for for myself. It's just, but yeah, guys, just, you know, whatever you're kink, whatever you're into, fucking watch this one. It's hysterical. It is something else. I'll, I'll give you that. Delicious cheeks. Delicious cheeks. Just watch it for that. Delicious cheeks. I, th- I think I think we should wrap about there. Uh, we have some patrons to oh, thank. Yes. Uh, so we have Snarky Ved, we have Samuel Jennings, we have Ryan, we have Mojam, we have Michael Trollin, we have Joshua Rice, we have Ed Robbins, we have Chris Smart, we have Brian. Um, so thank you all for supporting our porncast. And we do have to pay for the porn we watch. So please support us at patreon.com slash two girls one mic where our patrons do get fun things such as you get to interact with us. You get to submit us questions for future shows that we even uh, ask people that we're interviewing. You get mugs and T-shirts and even FaceTime with us. So we, we try giving you guys some good rewards. But on top of that, if you can't give us money, the best thing you can do is give us a review and if you've already done that because we love our reviews we want you to spread the word and tell all your friends tell specifically tell your friends who watch porn so in other words tell all your friends that you love this podcast and that they'll have a good time listening and tell your friends who say they don't watch porn because you know they still do yeah it's 90 percent of people admit to watching porn the other 10 percent lie so don't worry if your friends are humans who breathe and have orgasms or try to they're going to listen to us. So Yvette, where can our listeners find you? Our listeners can find me at the Cybabe on Instagram and Twitter and at facebook.com slash Cybabe and Cybabe.com. Coming up soon, I'm going to be speaking at CSICon and at Skepticon in Australia. So hopefully what? y'all will come and join me out there. Alice, where can people find you? Well, you could find me on Twitter at Rational Blonde. And also, if you happen to be coming to CSICon, we will be doing a special live recording while there, probably in private because God knows they won't allow two women on stage to talk about pornography at a skeptic. Not yet. Correct. Not yet. Maybe next year. Highly doubtful, but we're trying. Thank you so much for tuning in to Two Girls, One Mike. We'll see you soon. 